You're listening to the One Word Podcast, an outreach ministry of Christ Nations Church. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast, a one, the One Word Podcast, excuse me, an outreach ministry of Christ Nations Church. I am Pastor Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star, and we are so excited that you are joining us for another podcast. And um, we want to jump right into some of the things that we've been talking about on this podcast. But before we do, we want to remind you to make sure that you're following us on all of our podcast platforms. We have a rollout at the end of this that is going to let you know how you can connect with us on those platforms as well as our social media. And so we ask that you stick around and hear that so that you can connect with us because we would love to hear from you. Well, last uh, week we left out talking about marriage and we left out talking about the importance of the institution of marriage in our times. And um, we talked about somewhat the purpose of marriage, the, the foundation why the institution exists, what God really desired out of the institution. And we want to continue that conversation uh, and move into some uh, things a little differently. Um, Because one of the things that, you know, when we were talking about this, when we were doing our couples um, service at our church, we were talking about one of the purposes of marriage is oneness, that God wanted two people to become one. He wanted us to experience what it was like to be one with another person. And we know there are several hurdles sometimes that we have to jump over to get to that oneness. That oneness is not an event, mm-hmm. right? It's not a one-time thing. It's not like we're going to stand at the altar and we're going to say, I do. We're going to kiss the bride, kiss the groom. We're going to do all of those things. And, and we're going to walk out to the processional and have a beautiful reception and then go on to our honeymoon and we're one. No, it, it may be in, in spirit before God because of the ceremony and the expression of faith. Uh, we are one in spirit at, at our weddings, but oneness over <laughs> in our marriage is something that's going to have to be achieved over time. On purpose. And on purpose. Oh, God, yes. It's going to have to be intentional. And so there are a lot of things that people encounter during that process toward oneness. And one of the things that seems to scare a lot of people out of the process is conflict. When conflict arises in a marriage on several different fronts for several different reasons, um, people tend to get scared or tend to start having second thoughts about you know, am I cut out for marriage? You know, a lot of I hear people say that a lot of time. I'm not. I'm just not cut out for marriage. I, I, I'm, I often wonder what that really means. You're it means your cut. your flesh is saying absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to give up on this. I do not want to have to give in. I don't want you to be right. I want to be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah flesh like, is I'm, like, yeah, I don't I'm like not, any of this. I'm not cut out for it. I, I don't necessarily so much agree with that statement. I think, like you said, that that is exactly what's going on. <laughs> That's what somebody's saying. But you hear that, and people think they're not cut out for relationship. They're not cut out for the intimacy and the the sacrifice and and really the cutting that goes on in a, in a marriage Absolutely. you you get pruned and uh, when we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast we were talking about how that marriage the institution will make you holy that's a part of the purpose of the institution anything god touches is holy and anything that he institutes is going to work toward that end of, of making us more like him and making us holy. And so a lot of conflict arises and um, a lot of people have a hard time dealing with it. And so we want to talk about conflict in general on this particular podcast and maybe some of the things that 
um, contribute to why the conflict is arising and, and maybe even get into some some resolutions for how to deal with some of the conflicts that may arise yeah. in your marriage? I just think, you know, to start off, it's so important for people to to start off on the right foot, right? That, that marriage should be entered into with a certain level of sobriety and also honesty. And I think oftentimes, you know, some of the, the rub that people have is just simply that they were not honest mm. um, about where they were, about how they felt, That's about, true. you know, if they were even ready. Some people are just not ready. They haven't. They've mentally assented to the idea because that's what society tells them to do, right? We should get married and my clock is ticking. Absolutely, and, uh, I got all these other little extracurricular things going on. Absolutely, yeah. and so I make I make a decision based on kind of a squishy foundation, right? I'm not I'm not feeling just completely stable in my desire to get married, and then once we get into marriage, everything is magnified, right? Because it's hard for me to hide when I'm living with this person day mm. in and day out. It's hard for me to hide when we're in the same bed and we have to, you know, go around like you were talking about the same island every day. And I'm trying to <laughs> keep my distance because I'm you're just on my nerves. Today you're just on my <laughs> yeah. nerves, maybe even Working this week, it. right? Yeah. And so people have a hard time having to deal with conflict because it, it brings a level, a spotlight um, on the real why behind your disposition, your attitude, your emotion. And that's hard for people to want to unearth. I don't want to get into the why. Just know that that's how I feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> and your spouse that's is like, good. yeah, but why do you feel that way? And to, to answer that question is a very difficult, for some people, it's a very difficult road to try to travel. That is so true. And, and just why in general is constantly tested in a marriage, period. Yes. Why you got married is always going to be the thing that gets tested, right? When you when you're having that argument over the money, and you're fussing about, you know, what direction to take with the finances, or what direction to take with the kids, or what you guys are planning to do in five years, whether you're gonna sell the house, buy the house, build the house, whatever, you know, <laughs> all of these different things that come up, you know, it it really does challenge you, and it challenges you at at the very core of your person, you know. And there's an old saying, right, that says that an omelet is only as good as the two eggs you use to make it. Right. And, and so every issue in that omelet, that omelet representing your marriage can be traced back to the quality of the eggs. Mm -hmm. And so at some point in every attempt to tackle the issues of your marriage, you're going to have to tackle you. Yes. Right. You're going to have to deal with yourself. You're going to have to deal with the real root foundation of your insecurities, your fears all of the things that have shaped and conditioned you, your cultural conditioning, your upbringing, the things that have kind of shaped, molded, and pointed you in a particular direction, you know? Absolutely. Because when you say, I do to that person, you're, you're, you, you're stuck to them, right? You are. <laughs> you're stuck you are. to this person, and now you've got to figure out, okay, this whole process toward oneness with this individual, when I have a tremendous amount of momentum mentally, emotionally, intellectually maybe even spiritually in a given direction mm -hmm. right in a given way of thinking a given way of being a given way of seeing things and then i get with this person this person is they cultured a whole different way than i am right and so this creates this conflict and creates these these points of of real tension in our union but they're supposed to be there they're supposed right to be they're there. supposed to be there and this is the thing that i i, I think 
I, I want people to really take in because, like I said in the last podcast, a lot of people see conflict as some type of bad omen mm-hmm. when really no conflict is supposed to be there. Yeah, and I think what people don't do, and this is why things get out of control, is that we don't disarm it when it comes. Mm. It's it's not that it, it's not that it's a, a bad omen or some type of spooky thing because it's going to come, and then what are we going to do with it? It's it's going to come. It's going to happen. But now, how do we how do we deal with it? How do we address it yeah. and put it and put it to rest? And oftentimes we don't. We let things kind of snowball, and one issue kind of gets mutated into another issue. And next thing you know, it's that big old ball that's rolling downhill, mm-hmm. and it grows by years and months, and of just us not wanting to be honest about what's going on. Yeah. And so I, I think I think for all of us. Is embracing that that yes, conflicts will come, but how do I deal with it? And it reminds me of a of a quote that Stephen Covey has, where he talks about if I if I sow a thought, I, I reap an action, mm. right? And if I sow an action, I'm going to reap a habit. Yeah. And if I sow a habit, I'm going to reap a character. And if I sow a character, I'm going to reap a destiny. Yeah. Right. And yeah. but it's it's so true because you know we we know this as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. No doubt. Right. And so even in our marriages, if we start to believe that this marriage is doomed to fail, right, mm. there's just no help for us. We just can't get it together. Yeah. And I, I dwell on that. I confess that. I, everything points to that because, you know, the devil, he'll get real busy. Now, everything, <laughs> oh, yeah. like every disagreement, whether it's about what we should eat or where we should go vacation is a sign. That y'all should have never gotten married. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You like blue. I like red. Oh. How's that going to work? Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) We're not going to be able to do this. And so we have to be on our guard to understand that I can can deal with conflict. And and in accepting conflict, it doesn't mean that I made a wrong decision. It doesn't mean that I made a bad choice. It means that welcome to marriage. Yes. (laughs) Now you have a mirror. And it's showing you some of the blind spots that otherwise in your singleness you would have never seen. Mm, no doubt about that. Embrace the conflict. Just embrace it. Just embrace it, man. And and don't and don't feel like, you know, staying in conflict and working through conflict. Cause this is one of the things that happens. People feel like they're settling. Yes. Right? As if there is a conflict free relationship somewhere, somewhere else yes <laughs> you know, like if i was with a b or c i wouldn't even be putting up with this <laughs> you might not be but you're gonna be putting up with something yes you know yes. what i'm saying maybe not the exact same thing because conflict exists in relationships and it's going to be there for the purpose of producing a grown-up version of you <laughs> right and, and you've got to stop believing that in some kind of way you're just all right the way you are. Yes. And I and I think that's one of the things that helps in a lot of issues. You know, I remember when we were getting uh we were dating at the time when we were getting married and we started having uh conversations before, you know, the ceremony and all this kind of stuff. And I remember us talking about how we just have to keep this attitude that you know what? You ain't all that such much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and it was us speaking to ourselves saying, look, we can't carry ourselves like we just don't need to change. Right. You know, we can't carry ourselves like we got it all together. Yeah. We can't carry ourselves like our perspective is the perspective. perspective. <laughs> you know, and if we can just get that through our skull and get that into our hearts, then when the conflict arises and the changes and the cutting of iron sharpening iron and all of the sparks start, start flying from that, 
we're less likely to become casualties of conflict and we're more likely to work through it to come to that agreeable end that makes us stronger, wiser, clearer, and even more intimate with one another. But when you're, you're going in and you're kind of selfish and you're thinking you, you, you the business and you got it all together, (laughs) then the slightest thing that shows up, right? That you need to correct something, change something, sacrifice a little is going to make you feel like, man, if I stick around, if I got to do all this, I'm settling mm-hmm. because somebody else out there, man, they, 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 I wouldn't even be going through this. No, no, you would, you would be you going would. through it. No you doubt wouldn't. about it. So go ahead and embrace the presence of conflict. Yes. And once again, I'm not talking about abuse. That's no. not conflict. No, no, no. I'm not talking about infidelity. That's not conflict. No. Those things are those things are, are extreme outgrowths of other things. Of dysfunction. And of dysfunction, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. But the conflict, the everyday pinpricks, if to, to, to borrow from C.S. Lewis, the everyday pinpricks of life that come through the marriage union are supposed to be there. And you're not settling. You're not settling for your wife. You're not settling for your husband. You're going to be going through the same something with anybody else That's it. you know <laughs> and this is one of the reasons why i tell people you know, over the years when i've talked to people about infidelity and marriage and and as a pastor unfortunately sometimes you have to sit down with people about these particular subjects and uh and i say to them but you look at the majority if not all of of these extramarital relationships that people have those relationships very rarely if ever turn into anything long term Mm -hmm. and if they do they're highly dysfunctional it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like we just living together uh nobody gets married because what happens is that people jump out of their marriage looking for a release some emotional release or some kind to get out from under the tension that's going on in the home the conflict in the home and they join to somebody that flatters their every move Mm -hmm. that flatters them that makes them feel like oh wow there's a conflict-free you know relationship out here Right. I can have it. And what happens is, is that when those people get into the extramarital affair, it isn't long before they recognize that they, too, <laughs> have to have to develop some type of relationship. And here comes conflict. Here comes conflict. Right. You come off of the you, just like you come off of the euphoria of a honeymoon. Yes. You come off of the euphoria of sin and the euphoria of doing something like that. And all of a sudden now it's back to reality. Yeah. Now we got real emotions. We got real raw thoughts and feelings and all of these different things. And and ultimately, those things aren't going to get better. Because it started with, you're just so easy to talk to. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't understand you either. No, because no, <laughs> so you don't understand I yourself. I did all this and I don't the, understand The, the whole premise is off. The right. whole premise is wrong. So there's there's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere you can with go. With that, but, but down. And, and, and that's what the scripture tells you in Proverbs. And I think it's Proverbs 6, 7, and 8 around in there when it talks about that whole tempting aspect of going out outside of your marriage, if you yes. would. And because it, it, it's the road that leads down to hell. It's like you're not, you're not on the upward road that way. And that's why you have to embrace the conflict and not let that thought, just like you talked about that progression of thought all the way to destiny with Stephen Covey, you have to protect your marriage at the thought level. Yes, you do. And you can't let these thoughts come in yes, you do. that you're settling Right. For something because there's conflict. And that's exactly what the devil's going to do, right? He's going to come to you and he's going to make it seem like, you know, you've done all that you can. I mean, you always give your all. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what is that spouse of yours doing? Absolutely nothing, <laughs> right? Putting you at a you know yeah. on the short end of the stick. Yeah. And and that's his 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 purpose is simply to be the accuser, right? Yeah. And we we're all fine with accusation as long as it's not pointed at us. Yeah. It's like you know it's easy oh, for yeah. me to sit there and listen to the accusation regarding my spouse because I can aim in a couple of those points. You're absolutely right. Yes. Right. But he's doing the same thing on the other end <laughs> and talking to your husband or your wife, and he's letting them know that you know oh, here's yeah. all the here's all the sins that you've had to endure and deal with with this individual. And so we do. We have to be very, um, you know, we have to be very proactive. I think. To, to, like you said, defend at the thought level. We have to cast down those thoughts, cast down those imaginations, mm-hmm. every high thing, right, that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And ultimately, once we've made that covenant um, decision to be in a marriage with someone, I think then it's it's incumbent upon us to completely give ourselves to that mm-hmm. and stop looking for alibis and escape hatches to get out of it yeah. the minute that it gets a little uncomfortable exactly. or feels a little unsettling because for everybody, those stages are different. Some yeah. people, they get married. It was great. I mean, we had a great four or five years, yeah. right? We didn't start having problems till the kids came <laughs> Yeah. for some people. Yeah. I mean, when we very got true. off that honeymoon, it was like, it was on and popping. We just had issues from oh, the yeah. very start. Some people fight on, I, I've heard a lot of people fighting on or their fighting or right fighting on after the wedding. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because Really, we don't give enough room for the personalities that are coming together and having to coexist. And it is a big, I mean, it is a big change. <laughs> it's a big deal, You're man. You're no longer just pecking each other on the cheek and saying, I'll see it you tomorrow. I'll see you. Yeah. Whenever you get back in town, I'll see you when you get back. I'm going to miss you. Oh, no. Yeah, no this no. is daily grind. Every day. Every man. day. <laughs> same foxhole. The same person. I got to deal with you every day. It's ashy elbows That's and it. chap lips in the morning. That's it's it. bad breath. It's it's habits around the house. It's, it's all of that. It's hygiene habits. It's the way you fold your clothes or don't. It's yes. the way you it's the way you keep house. It's it's, yes. everything, it's everything, right? And it's it's that true intimacy. You you see into the person's life. You see into who they are. Yeah. Right. And and many times, just like you say, people, people feel like, man, you know, this is this is just crazy. And they get married. I like to say it this way. They get married with a parachute on. You know what it's like? You know, it's like they, they, they're ready at any time. Jack, you keep on. I can bail <laughs> I'm going to pull this cord time. and I'm out. <laughs> and we know that. Right. Because people enter into relationships and they, they don't mix their finances. Yeah. They'll say, hey, I'm going to oh, keep yeah. my separate check in. You keep your money and we're going to you know, put this much down yeah. for bills. You got we'll, the parachute yeah. on. Man. I mean, there are things that we put in place as safety nets because truly we do not want to give ourselves wholly to something we just don't trust. But but in in not trusting, and here's the thing, because if we entered into the relationship in good faith, I mean, from a from a solid foundation that I, I appreciate this person, I love this person, I believe that you're the right person for me, then to me, that would give me a little more, you know, assurance that I can do this with God's assistance, right? That we can we can come in here and we can partner with God and we can see this thing grow and mature to where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But if I get into something for other reasons, right, I can't escape my why. No. My why because my clock was ticking. My why because he had a good job and I was doing. My girlfriends from college have already gotten married. Absolutely. My my brothers, they get married everywhere. See, if I I 
predicate my decision on yeah. others and my comparison of others, then suddenly I'm face to face. I'm slapped in the face with reality yes. when I get into this marriage with this person. And I'm like, I don't even like you. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't I don't I didn't even really invest to know. Yeah. you. That's, yeah. It's my fault. It's my fault. It really, it's I'm not mad you. at me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's my fault because I didn't do the homework. I didn't I didn't take the time. I didn't vet my own why, my own motive, my own intentions. And so now I'm in this thing, and and like we talked about when we were talking to the couples at our uh, couple Sunday, it's a funny thing about us, man. When our expectations they're unfounded, unresearched, we hadn't really done our work. When when those expectations hit reality, we cling to the expectations mm-hmm. and then try to change the reality, mm-hmm. right? Instead of instead of saying, "Wait a minute." Were my expectations even founded, grounded, or right? Did I even do? I'm sitting up here mad at this person, and I didn't even put in any type of effort to really know who I was marrying. This is on <laughs> exactly. me, right? This is this is all on me. This is my fault, and I've got to deal with the way I go about doing things in my life when it comes to relationship, and especially yeah. when it comes to marriage, because you see this happen so much of the time, and it happens needlessly. Yes, where people go through these marriages where they're married for a very, very small amount of time, mm-hmm. right? They may be married for a year. There's a lot of like micro marriages. It's like they're, they're over. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be condescending or disparaging the people who've had them. I don't mean that. I just mean to say that I believe you, at some point in that process, you had to have done yourself a disservice because to know more about that person to know more about yourself yeah. and why I'm entering into this. And, uh, and it becomes a, it becomes a real uh, sad thing to see. And so you have to, you have to, you have to drill down through all of that kind of stuff. But you know, human beings we're interesting, right? I mean, we, it, it doesn't just happen for newlyweds. I mean, people can be married for three decades oh, and they so look true, up man. and they're like, I don't know this person at all. What so we did true. was we, we came together because, you know, we had a good life. We were able to make a good living. You know, her check, my check. We've raised our kids. We made the kids the focus. Absolutely. And our kids were the focus. And now Billy and Sue and, and Tommy are all out the house, and we don't know what to do with each other. We're looking yeah. at each other like, who are you, right? Yeah. Or our spouses are going through what we call midlife crises, and all of a sudden they're finding themselves, and they, they always wanted to go to Bali and sit on the beach and just hum. And you're <laughs> like, you never told me about your Bali and your beach. You know what I mean? I never knew anything about it. But I'm serious. People feel as though, oh, people feel man. as though, you know, those things don't happen, but they're very real for people, that people are having, people are having some epiphanies, not simply, not because they're, not even because they're valid. Sometimes it's just because they've been so dishonest with themselves over the years, but they have a skewed picture about what they really want anyway. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Like if yeah. I've betrayed myself and I haven't been honest for for 30 years, no wonder I think all of a sudden now I need to go out there, I need to buy a Ferrari, I need to go get a boat, I got to sail around the world, and I got to do all of that by myself. I don't yeah. need you for that. And yeah. the wife is like, or the spouse, or the, or the husband's like, what yeah. just happened? Yeah. Well, it's because people have been sitting on, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Just not telling the truth. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, we don't talk about this much, you know, but sometimes that's an individual issue. That's something that the person has just simply cultivated over time secretly in their own heart. And they kind of detonate in midlife on this person Mm. that they're married to or whatever. But, you know, sometimes it's because people entered into marriages 
based on outside pressures. Yes, arrangements. And, and sometimes yeah. from the church. Oh, yes. And bad teaching. Oh, yes. Bad, uh, you, you know, your clock is ticking. You got to get you a, you don't want to be an old maid. You got to get you a husband and you're telling men, you know, you need to do this for these reasons and so forth and so on. And there's a lot of pressure. And when people don't have the ability to withstand that pressure to do what they know is in their best interests, right? They get married to these people and they never wanted to. They never truly organically in their own heart wanted. It's not something they wanted to do. It was something my mom and dad wanted me to do. It was something that my church told me. And and not only just getting married, but the type of people they married. (laughs) Yeah, You see what I mean? They married somebody that mom and dad loved. But they really didn't, didn't stand, you know, because they were trying to be happy and please mom and dad because of some construct, sometimes religiously, even yeah. if, if there was a very strong religiously domineering presence of a mom and a dad over a child or over over a, a, a son or a daughter. And they go sure. out and they pick things that are kind of falling in line with with the paradigm of the home they were raised in instead of saying, what is my what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I want? What am I willing to give my life to? Because there's a type of person that you are willing to give your life to. There's a type of person that you can get with and you just, you know, it, it, it's, it's called I'm uninspired. uninspired. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a person that that everybody is drawn and attracted in very unique ways. And there are people that that do it for you and there are people that don't. But when you're under all of this extra pressure from others and things and and different cultural ideas and different paradigms, you start going out picking things that are not organic, organically you. Yes. And so you end up in this relationship, and you may have tremendous capacity for self-control. You may have tremendous capacity for pushing down your needs and wants. Mm-hmm. You may have a tremendous capacity for staying true and integral to the commitment you made at the altar, and you're going all the way. But in your heart, you never reconciled, yeah. right? And it's noble that you're, you're full of integrity, and it's noble that you're staying the course. Yeah. But what did you want? Yeah, but it's not fruitful, right? No, no. No, not over a long term. It's, it's not fruitful at all. And I think when you start off suppressing really the type of marriage you wanted and the type of person you wanted to go out and, and explore or be with, mm-hmm. and you kind of, well, I'll say it this way, whenever your choice was made by others yes. and other things, I think when you take the back seat to let everybody else's pressures make your decision, I think the longer you stay on that track that they set out for you, the more resent grows right that over the course of time you're like man i just i've i have a whole 15 years of life here that i never i never even truly decided to sign up for yeah and you know and this is this is good news for the single because this is the opportunity for them to shut down the noise sure and say who am i what do i want what do i want Mm -hmm. and to really make a choice that is organic to you because you see a lot of people have gotten married in situations like that because of that and that that's not going to create an easy path to oneness right whoever it is you you choose right and that's true so the so the path to oneness has a lot of ditches and it has a lot a lot of mountains and and detours right because of the why that kind of put me in this position but then at the same time god is so faithful because if we if we want to stick we can stick right absolutely if we make a decision 
and we want to come no alongside someone and we want to be made one, God, God is going to aid us in that self-discovery and that ability to then get to a place where we can honestly say, you are my choice. Yeah. Right. You weren't my choice, maybe from the from the start, but you are my choice yeah. now. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing because he can redeem those things that we think are irredeemable. Yes, um, he can. But I want to read this. And this is in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 12. Um, it says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all and holiness, which without which no one will see the Lord and looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Mm. And I think so often in marriage, you know, this this particular scripture speaks to spiritual vitality, but it should also speak to relational vitality. Right. That those things that are hanging down, yeah. those things that are feeble need to be reassured need to be mended, need, need to be cared for. Yeah. And if I don't do that, if I don't get on the straight path to God's word and, and listening and hearing and obeying, those things become dislocated. And mm. once they're disjointed, once they're out of socket, it's hard to put them back. Yeah. Right? So we can start off together, and yeah, we have some issues, but we can we can fix it. We can, we can apply the salve, apply the balm of the word, the washing of the water by the word, and we can and we can see God heal those broken places. But if I allow those things to be disjointed and dislocated where I can't even I don't even know where to begin. Right. This has been a yeah. 10 year stalemate of yeah. frustration and anger. And, you know, I'm, and I'm just perturbed and I'm ready to be out of this marriage. Then things are, 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 are much harder um, to try to rectify. And then it goes on to talk about that root of bitterness. Right. That springs up and it causes trouble because we've allowed things to fester. We've allowed things to sit there and grow stale and hardened and crusted over. And now I'm just mad and I'm embittered about everything. And it's hard to, it's hard to do anything with that because it defiles many, mm. right? It bleeds to your family. It bleeds to your children. It bleeds out to every part of your life Man, because yeah. that bitterness just begins to take over just like any root of any tree over yeah. time. You know, those roots are everywhere. It's amazing how deep and how wide those things so can good. grow. That is so, so good. And on that note, we're going to end this particular podcast because that's a point to think about and to carry with you uh, and to take from this podcast with you in your consideration of your own marriage and your own relationships and also the relationships of others around you that you care about, that you want to see their marriages fruitful and you want to see them prosper because we don't want that root of bitterness springing up because it defiles so much. It really, really does. But thank you guys once again for listening to another One Word Podcast. Once again, I am Iron uh, Petrie, the lead pastor of Christ Nation Church, along with my wife, and we're just so thankful to have you. Please uh, pay close attention to the rollout at the end of this so that you can learn how to connect with us on all of our social media platforms and our podcasting platforms. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining the podcast. If you were blessed and encouraged by what you heard, we invite you to share this message and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to visit ChristNations.com for all the latest messages and happenings with our ministry and engage with us on all our social media platforms on Facebook at CNCTXK and on YouTube at Christ Nations Church. We look forward to connecting with you. And remember, one word from God can change your life forever.